We did a whole podcast one time and I forgot to hit record. It was a good no one too. Way. Oh yeah. Yes, John. We've we've had our moments when we from PSR one until today. <laughs> There's been many a PSR. We've been doing this a year, John. Can you believe that shit? Yeah. About a year to this day, we recorded our first one, probably. I actually started dating my girlfriend, like, the same time. John was a single man when we met him. The actual date was uh, the end of February. Um, So it's coming out. 22nd was the first release, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Fuck yeah, dude. A quarter million downloads in our first calendar year. That's not bad. (laughs) Trans woman who sued social workers for refusing to wax her balls loses court cases. Well, yeah, that'll (laughs) happen. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, can't go can in there that? with some wavos claiming to be a lady. Can you see that? Oh, oh my, my gosh. Wow. It just it's says trans, trans woman who sued salon workers for refusing to wax her balls. Aren't you about tired of listening to sports shows with all the woke bullshit? So are we. This is Patriot Sports Radio. Patriot Sports Radio. <laughs> Fed up with the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media. If it's sports, from the high school level to the pros, we're talking about it. Like the red-blooded Americans we are. God bless America. God bless America. God bless America. Let's do this. And now, here's Eric, Angela, John, Chris, and the coach. Welcome back, my friends. If you're new, then welcome in Patriot Sports Radio. My name is Eric. I am your host. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for those reviews. They seriously help. I understand you're busy people. You're probably listening to this right now while you're doing some super productive things that you can't be away from. I get it. Let's just focus on the Spotify people for now. We'll compartmentalize it. Spotify people, we have 120 five-star reviews on Spotify. Our goal by Christmas is 500. We can do it. Okay. We have a show for you. I promise it's not just an hour of me asking you for reviews. Let's do introductions. Coach is off buying the boy a suit. That sounds like a valid excuse. Chris is over there shoveling coal, keeping the snow at bay. John's out there. He's got the headband. Angle is here. So that's enough to do a show. John, you're looking uh, you're looking quite warm and comfortable this evening. Is it uh, snowing out there like it is here? No, I'm just, I've had it with the winter. Um yeah, it's cold everywhere. Every day I wake up, it's like Groundhog Day. It's twenty nine degrees. <clears throat> it gets up to fifty, but it's too windy to go outside for a walk. <sighs> so I'm getting a little cabin fever, a little stir crazy. Average steps is like fifty percent of what it is. So uh, I'm going to be uh, a live one tonight. I might be a little edgy. <laughs> Dude, that is such a tease in February, March when it gets like warm in the sun if there's not wind, but there's always wind like 90% of the time. Angela, yeah. how do you feel about February, March in Wisconsin? I hate it personally. Uh, they can, yeah, I don't like, I don't like it at all. They can suck it. It's just it's so <laughs> dismal. And yeah. it's the wind, you know, the wind is the worst, the cold, but we've been really lucky that we've had a pretty good winter so far. But I'm still a bitch about it. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we live here. It's like, what do you expect? But still. I'm getting old. One good thing about the springtime is the golf show is back. Sadly, football Hey-o. in the rear view, but the wheels never stop turning over here. As they say, when God closes one season, he opens another. It's almost tournament time. Then it's playoff time. Hockey, baseball, the Masters. 
we did pretty good our first season of Plus Money Golf. We had uh, more money than we started with, which I think that's the whole point of a betting show, isn't it? Adam and Smitty, if you do not know, if you have not listened, you should go subscribe. They're great guys, super knowledgeable. Adam, pro golfer, no big deal. I don't know how many years. How many years has he been professionally golfing, Chris? Would you say dozen-ish? Since he joined the PGA? Since 20. 20 years ago, he joined the PGA, so he's hit a golf ball or two. Yeah, we are getting old, man. Some of these, uh, some, a lot of the players I watched growing up, sons are now playing, and it's it's bumming me out. And then Smitty's been a caddy at Aaron Hills for like ten fucking years, so they're pretty good. They pick winners every single week. I mean, I think we had one non-winning week. I think we like broke even, but every other week was profitable. You can catch Plus Money Golf your podcast app, just like last season. Plus the money. Then golf, just punch those words in and you'll find it. We'll also be streaming live on Tuesday, Monday nights. We'll be streaming live on Monday nights at what o'clock central, seven, eight o'clock central-ish. TBD. On Fantasy Sports Corp. Yes. Fantasy Sports Corporation on YouTube. Yes. That's the new channel we're firing up with uh, some other creativity creators. And it's going to be awesome. Just a nonstop. That's the goal. Just nonstop degenerative fantasy football type content speaking of i'll get the uh i'll get the host to stick the uh link in the uh in the description of this podcast so you can go down and kick on it i was thinking bio but i'm like no it's not bio it's link in description that's what the that's what the podcasters say speaking of degenerative degenerative activities michael irvin was sent home from the super bowl last night by nfl network we don't have all the details it just happened but evidently there was some misconduct at a hotel with Mr. Irvin and uh yeah they told him to go home. What? You think he was uh hitting the slopes, getting a little tuned up, dancing with the powdered princess? No, not based upon the video I saw. If the video I saw is the one that got him sent home, then the NFL network better get their best apology letter writers on call because they'll need them. What I saw was Michael Irvin standing there, swaying back and forth. Clearly he had been overserved, but I mean there was not a car in sight. He's at the Super Bowl. Let the man have a good time. You couldn't make out what he was saying, but it wasn't aggressive. People were apology, like, uh, what do you call? They were being nice. They were chuckling, you know, out of uh, manners and mm-hmm. politeness. Politely chuckling is what I was going for. It didn't seem like a situation, but whatever he said, evidently, she ran to somebody. And NFL Network said, yeah, why don't you go home? First, they pulled him out of his hotel. There's a video online of him describing the situation. It sounds like a real misunderstanding. Do you see anything about that, Gian? I haven't seen anything, but uh, I'll play devil's advocate here and, and say that, one, he probably doesn't remember what he was saying. And right. two, he probably came on to her and she got freaked out, didn't like it, or saw a payday, or all of the above, and said, hey, guess what, NFL Network, come get your man. Yep. My Super Bowl ticket is paid for, courtesy of yeah. damages. I don't know too many stumbling drunk guys talking to a woman about anything other than something <laughs> along the lines of, hey, why don't we go make out? Plus, <laughs> so. your portfolio going yeah. today? <laughs> yeah. You heard about this Chinese balloon? That was not being said. <laughs> 3 a.m. You walk up to a woman in a bar and say, you about this Chinese You might have been talking about balloons. That's <laughs> the one-liner I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Oh, my God. I want to defend the man. I mean, I loved him in Adam Sandler's Longest Yard. It was a great film. It doesn't get talked about enough. But odds are 
he said something that rubbed her the wrong way. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. That's my guess. I wonder right, how unless far there's this will actual go. recording. How do you defend yourself? <laughs> and yeah. that's why it's just a. Hey, why don't you just go home? You've had <laughs> yep. enough. It's Tuesday. We don't want to see what you look like on Friday. <laughs> Let's cut our losses. It's not even really the big media day yet. And you're already out here getting into altercations. Yeah, that's how it's starting. How's it ending? So, speaking of, or I don't know if we were speaking of on the recording, the Dollar Bet Club. John has had the Dollar Bet Club going for a little while now. I'm getting involved. It's a good time. I deposited $20 on my bookie, so I have $21 Bet Club units. I'm going to try and get that thing up to $100. How's the uh, dollar bet club going these days, John? Tell you what, the money I put on Purdue to win the national championship is looking pretty good at plus 1800. I'm loving that. Uh, some new ones that I've added. And if you want to join with me, you can join on DraftKings, the betting group. It's the Chuck Park fan club. I can explain that if people want to understand what who Chuck Park was. But he was a little bit of my rival in high school. He was my woodshop teacher. Anyway, he used to call me Fathead, and then after I graduated, I, I saw him one time and yelled at him and said, hey, Fathead. So, got him. Anyway, in honor of an asshole woodshop teacher, you can totally join over it, though. <laughs> you can join the Chuck Park fan club on uh, draft. It's like a Leonard Skinner story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, uh, well, we had a great woodshop. Uh uh, watched a guy lose his finger on a dovetail jig. Um, <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's all you're looking for in a shop class. <laughs> that's right. On the finger. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it went into whatever dust collector that we had. It's gone. It was just the tip. Dust collector. Just the tip. <laughs> all right. So Dollar Bet Club, Chuck Park Fan Club. Uh, that's the name if you want to join me on DraftKings. So the new ones I've got. I've got a parlay of Travis Kelsey and Miles Sanders scoring a touchdown. That's at uh, plus 390. And then Thanks. call me crazy, but I teased uh, some uh, Kansas City Chiefs numbers. I think they're going to win by a touchdown, and I put a dollar on that. I like that. The more I think about it, the more I like the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's the thing. I I think the Eagles are good, and I think their line on the offensive defense is stout. But – I just can't bet against the Chiefs. I just gut feel, and that's what Dollar Bet Club's all about. It's a dollar. You don't have to sweat it too much. Gut feel, they're going to win by a touchdown. Put a dollar down. Don't get exactly. divorced. The satisfaction <laughs> you get from being right is is even better than the dollar. It's a, yeah. it's a win-win. You know, when you put a dollar on a bet and you win, your wife's cheering with you. And when you lose, she says, hey, no big deal. That's uh, – <laughs> That's the beauty of the Dollar Bet Club. Yeah, it really is foolproof. It's a great beginner's program, or it's a nice, uh, it's just a nice way to downshift and take a little break if you're a big uh, five to ten dollar guy like myself. <laughs> Freaking uh, Rockefeller, five dollars on a first touchdown, not to brag. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> but I can, real coxman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of, well, actually, no, Russ Wilson is, is no coxman. But the $245 million man does have a life coach, and the new coach is not into it. Sean Payton isn't playing that Alex Guerrero shit. Evidently, yeah. Russ has some kind of personal guru or whatever who's been hanging around the facility during the uh, what's-his-name era. 
guy was so good I forgot his name. Naga Naga Nathaniel Hackett anymore. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean Payton said no thank you. Whoever this guy is, I don't know how close they can be because when I searched Russ Wilson life coach, I found a bunch of stories about how the guy died last year. R.I.P. Trevor Bullwad. So, so wait, wait, wait. I don't know I who this, this guy pass. is. The life coach died. He must have been awful. <laughs> you suck at that. <laughs> you got one job. <laughs> life. One job. Right? You don't want right. to. You don't want that. was that. inappropriate, and I acknowledge that. Boxing I wanted lessons. to stay in the podcast. What a chump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, we've changed, Angela. We've made Maybe you get together. to lose your certification if you die when you're like yep. coach. You're oh yeah, it goes on. It goes you on your Turn in your puka shell necklace. Like you're done. <laughs> yeah, if you're a life coach, you have to tell someone like, when I die, put that I was an insurance salesman or something, or like an accountant. They can't know I was a life coach and then I didn't live. You know, none of us are getting out of this thing alive. To call yourself a life coach, that's a bold. That's a bold strategy. So I don't know who this new guy is, but I don't know how attached they can be. Um, but Sean Payton said, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, no, that's not going to take place here. And that was about all he elaborated on. it. Then we have the situation with the charity. Russ and Sierra started up to get him the Walter Payton Award or after he got the Walter Payton Award. It turns out mm-hmm. what, John, they're keeping most of it and paying Sierra's assistant two mil in charity funds every fiscal year or uh, what's going on? Not exactly. If you look at the tax documents, uh, but probably. Um, (laughs) So basically they've got this charity. He started it in 2014, according to USA Today's report. And I feel like this is going to take off a little bit uh, the minute we have a slow news day, but basically he set up this, this whole charity called why not you Uh, charities just have terrible names these days. And there's too many of them. And this is case in point. If you get a little bit of recognition, it's like, I'm going to start a charity in my name, a.k.a. I'm kind of an asshole because there's a million charities out there that are needing your money. They're good at what they do. They've got their overhead low so that they can actually contribute to society in a meaningful way. When you're Russ Wilson and you just slap your name on an, on a 501c3 and then you get in, let's see, seven and a half million dollars and you spend seven million dollars um, and of that is for admin and fundraising and only 2.8 goes to charity. You're not good at it. So stop doing it. And another thing they do that is super shady is uh, you'll see checks. If you Google image, you'll see Russ Wilson holding a check for something like $2.6 million. There's one instance where he's doing that with Sierra. Turns out if you look at it, his foundation only donated 76,000. So basically they're saying, oh, this whole organization, this whole joint effort, we did that when no, they didn't. So it's just as they a just finance guy, you look into it and it's easy to see. This is just elitist, rich people doing stupid crap, uh, just getting their name out there. I hate it. I think it's fake. I think it's lame. Fake in the sense that he's not really putting his money where his mouth is. The dude made $50 million just last year. And this yeah. whole thing racked up seven and a half million. I don't know. If you're going to put your name on something, make it useful and be good at it. Don't pay double for your chief executive officer at $209,000. Sounds a That's lot like just the, wasteful. Sounds like the human fund on Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it grinds my gears a little bit to look at it because oh, it's, it's this thing of it's just another step in the long line that Russell Wilson's taken to completely disassociate himself from the rest of society. 
It starts with the high knees on the plane to London and it ends with, I'm just going to pay a former music executive or entertainment executive 200 grand for some reason that's probably not great to sit on the board and, and run this thing for 40 hours a week. Is he even putting in 40 hours? Probably not. No. He's also working at the home office for Sierra and Russ Wilson. So it's just, the article goes on to explain it better than I can articulate it, but it paints a pretty bad picture. And I would imagine if you looked at all the people that set up organizations in their name, 90% of them are run like crap. Sounds like there's a very rich, I don't know, friend in there somewhere. Yeah. Why not you? More like where'd it go, Russ? Just call that thing, yeah, where'd it, it go? Since it started in 2014, only 37% of its income goes towards charitable activities. And in part of it, it says that sometimes they just give it to other charities. So it's they're just a middleman. <laughs> because that other charity has overhead too, whether that's high or low, whether you are the best charity in the world or the worst, you still have overhead. Somebody needs to get the checks. Somebody needs to do the payroll, the taxes to keep it all clean. You know, you're just watering down all the funds when, why are you giving it to another charity? Do you suck that bad? The answer is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the answer is sometimes. <clears throat> so I'm off this my soapbox. This would suck. We have a crazy guy Rob story this week. What would you do if you went on vacation and somebody stole your house? What if the police couldn't help you and you had to take it to court? Doesn't oh seem possible. Narrator voice, the story you are about to hear is real. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Cops is filmed on location with the men and women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. <laughs> Man, I love that show. Bring <laughs> cops back. Anyway, Stephanie and Derek, or at least that's what the article called them, moved overseas to work for to work about four years ago. They're from Canada. They've been renting out their fully furnished Tobacoke home as an income property while abroad is what they told CBC Toronto. They intended to move back eventually. Then Stephanie logged into the bank account to find the mortgage had disappeared from the home screen. When she called the bank, they said the mortgage was closed. The property management company came by the house only to have a stranger answer the door claiming to own the home. And as it turns out, when Stephanie and Derek checked the title he had, he did own the home. Derek said that was probably when it really hit home, that this wasn't just some mistake, but legally the system believes you no longer own your home. So they're just being denied that they own this house. Their situation made headlines when Toronto police issued a press release for help identifying suspects involved in the fraudulent sale of the couple's home without their knowledge. How could you not know who these people are? Didn't somebody sell a house to somebody? Who's the guy that answered the door? Wait, so this happened in Canada, right? Yeah, Toronto. <laughs> so a, a big government country, uh, you would think that a big government could be able to keep all the records and keep this airtight, but I guess not. No, I guess they have four of these instances. The way I found it was I saw somebody from California claiming this happened to her, but I couldn't find <laughs> any <a> actual <laughs> proof of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> But then I did I did find this one and they they say there's four others. Evidently it's uh they had their whole houses sold out from under them by organized crime groups. Nearly Yeesh. a year after discovering something was wrong, Stephanie and Derek are sharing their story to sound the alarm. You know, Derek said all the things you need to provide to buy a house. No one ever checks if you match up when you sell a house, I guess. I I couldn't find anything that said they got their house back. 
I don't think they did. That. Uh, that, that so that shocks me. Um, I have friends who are realtors, and I mean, just the the grueling grind of the paperwork and the checks and all that that go behind purchasing a house and selling a house. I tell you what, if they figured out how to do it quickly and quietly, hats off to them. My gosh, what a scam! <laughs> what a scam, right? First, you wait till somebody goes on like vacation and you steal their house. Yeah, how are you not suing the government saying, "How did you guys okay the, all the paperwork for this fraudulently?" Give me yeah. two houses. Now. Yeah, yeah. I read somewhere in there um, they misspelled the last name on on one of their fake oh IDs. <laughs> I'm not it sure. Turned out a McLovin bought your house. <laughs> yep, oh you just got McLovined. Gosh. <laughs> Here's a PSA. The Food and Drug Administration just announced a substantial recall of over 400 types of ready-to-eat sandwiches, salad wraps, snacks, yogurts, and related products. This is due to a possible listeria contamination. If the FDA is doing a recall, you know things are fucked up because they don't do much else besides cash and checks and rubber stamping shit. So they're crooked <laughs> as a barrel of snakes. Evidently... Affected products were distributed by Fresh Ideation Food Group and were sold from January 24th to January 30th at locations and vending machines in Connecticut, D.C., Maryland, Massachusetts, Jersey, New York, Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Virginia. Yikes. Listeria all over the place. I'm like, so basically everybody's got listeria because all of those products have now been consumed. Yeah. I was just going to say a whole lot of people with the shit's going on. Yeah, what percent yeah. of those? I mean, how much those ready-to-eat sandwiches that are in vending machines? How long yeah. are they? You know, they get eaten right away. Some of those have mayonnaise on them. What's up with that? The people who yeah. buy those are the ones that need a long weekend to go on vacation. They're like, oh, I eat the sandwich so I can get food poisoning, so I can take an extra day off to leave town. I've yeah. seen some really questionable items in vending machines. Like you can't. No, you can't put that in a vending machine. I have a coworker that eats gas station sushi and gas station bang bang shrimp. Oh, <laughs> well, it's a good thing Coach isn't here because then you'd know too. Yeah. He would definitely admit to doing that. No, I will Bucky crush sh- a- Bucky's shrimp. You betcha. <laughs> Quick, and a landlocked state. Breakfast. Hell yeah! <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. What is listeria? It is an infection. That includes fever, muscle aches, tiredness, in extreme cases, headaches, stiff neck, confusion, loss of balance, seizures. So you're going to know if you had one of those sandwiches. So just uh, eat good food. That's your PSA for today. Yeah. S- soccer news. If we're talking about soccer on this show, you can bet somebody's dead or in jail because we do not care about soccer here. <laughs> Manchester City has been charged by the Premier League with breaching financial rules over a nine-year period. According to the charges, they violated fair play financial rules around 100 times over that period from 2009 to 2018. What are fair play financial rules? Is that just a broad uh, ethics rule? Well, I do know that Manchester City has had an insane amount of good players, and I would imagine they broke some rule as it relates to paying them. Reports say they didn't disclose financial remunerations made to a manager over a four-year period, and then they didn't comply with the uh, investigation either. And in that time they've been violating, they've won the Premier League three times. Yeah, Penalties for this range from 
ordering them to pay costs all the way to expulsion from the Premier League, which they were already banned by UEFA from participating in the Champions League for two seasons after it was found that they seriously misled European football's governing body and broke financial fair play. Which I'm sure is way above board. (laughs) Yeah. This is like the Tour de France. I mean... Oh my God. Right. You've got one corrupt organization saying, hey, they broke the rules. Who cares? There's so much money over there in this in this soccer shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you but read about the times, contracts they sign, they're gigantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just I also want to know what what constitutes uh not cooperating in the investigation. I I'm sure that was a comical endeavor. Like, oh my yeah, God. why don't you go wait in that conference room and we'll be right in with all the documents you can use to indict us. They were able to appeal and get it down to a two year as uh, from like a permanent, I believe, with Champions League, but Premier League does not have that statute, so they wouldn't be able to appeal if if CAS kicks them out. Then then that's that. That's enough soccer. Let's do this cheerleader story. This is just classic. Uh, St. John's University cheer squad got all pouty after the team said the school failed to recognize them in uh, Women in Sports Day. The Red Storm refused to perform during the game against Seton Hall, according to the student newspaper, The Torch. The silent treatment comes after the school reportedly failed to tag its cheer and dance teams in an Instagram post recognizing the women's teams. How fucking dare you? How dare you? Keep it up. We're not going to cheer. Yep. You you watch. You You can yell for yourself. Yep. What are you going to do when there's not going to be a dancer? Yeah. What what are you going to do? Are you even going to know when to be aggressive? Be aggressive? <laughs> You're not. I didn't think You're so. It's not as easy lose. as it looks. Here's the thing. Here at PSR, we love cheerleading. We've had big cheerleaders fan. on. Big fan. But at the same time, I, I don't think the way you get what you want is the silent treatment on this one. You know what? You start an Instagram account for your own cheerleading squad and say, Hey, by the way, you guys forgot us and we're freaking awesome. You don't say now nah, we're just not cheering anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we're cheering at every game now, just so you know. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Make a That's video, right. do some, do some cool shit. Take one of them and throw them in the air, flip her around a couple times be like, look what you're missing. Huh? We're cheering and then the, the school room. will be like, Oh wow. We messed up. Here's a whole social media campaign dedicated to the cheerleaders. Yay. Girl power. But instead, Yeah. In a tweet shared by the Torches Sports section, you can see they wrote, we are women in sports across the back in marker. <laughs> they made shirts. <laughs> they put shirts on the floor on the on the linoleum so it's nice and flat and wrote, we are women. It's just holding it down because it crumples up when you try to make those diagonal lines, especially. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Gotta I wish more tight. women would do that, honestly. If you're not going to tell us what's wrong, at least make a shirt that does. <laughs> excellent (laughs) how to save your marriage yep (laughs) the wednesday instagram post is still live or was as of friday afternoon so they didn't take it down and they didn't add them to it that's the important part they did not cave like no that's just the post sorry we forgot you yeah we do the alligator eat them up but but we didn't 
<laughs> we are women in sports. The letters are nice and symmetrical. They're all the same height. I really do appreciate that. They're evenly spaced. We are looks more like, looks a bit like one word, but hey. Oh, here's something. An Eagle Scout tried to join ISIS. Yeah, he was trying to board a ship so he could sail to Yemen and die for the motherland or whatever they do. And uh, they gave him 11 years in a federal pound-me-in-the-ass penitentiary. <laughs> James Bradley, 21, and his lawyers have pled in court week. filings for a sentence of time served, arguing he'd been de-radicalized through work he completed with a nonprofit group. Guys, he's good now. He probably knows every Bruce Springsteen song. He's totally <laughs> de-radicalized. But Judge Paul Engelmeyer in Manhattan Federal Court said that request was a complete non-starter. I cannot foresee the future. None of us can, Engelmeyer said as he imposed the 11-year sentence, adding that the nonprofit workers who, quote, de-radicalized him don't have crystal balls, but the judge has some balls, and he threw his ass in prison. Wild story. The prosecution wanted to give him 15 years. Friends and family wrote letters. His scout leader wrote letters. Kid's a fucking Eagle Scout. Judge said, you know, he couldn't responsibly sentence him to time served. So his scout leader vouched for him? Yeah. Straight to jail for him. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, bud? (laughs) <laughs> do you think you think we take terrorism lightly yeah you think it's I just mean, a goof well he's yeah, 21 i guess he wasn't airplane. here for it but yeah as nick kroll would say are you fucking joking me bud are you joking me pal bro he was are you joking me bro um he immersed himself well he got into islam his senior year he and then he met some guy at a mosque who just went to work on him radicalizing him seems like he was just a curious kid eagle scout the eagle scouts i've known haven't been you know social butterflies so maybe he was looking for some something to belong to or whatever he immersed himself in online isis propaganda for about two years and then ultimately married a fellow radical from alabama arwa muthana despite knowing her for only a few weeks and then they were arrested on the gangplank of a cargo ship in Newark as they had paid to board it so they could go to Yemen and take up arms for the Islamic State. His parents got to be like, what the fuck? Right. (laughs) And his dad immediately, without knowing any information, said, who was she? (laughs) (laughs) I need to see a picture. Like, this chick better be way hot if you're going to Yemen to take up arms. It it just goes to show you how, as humans, we are so easily influenced. I, I, whether you're an Eagle Scout turned ISIS recruit or just a homeschooled Christian kid who's like shooting up schools. It's like there's a huge leap that happens in a short amount of time these days. That is so concerning. You're yeah. a kid lived 18 years. Uh, you got to be 18 years old to be an Eagle Scout or something like that. I don't know. I think so. He grew up and understood hard work, uh, all the stuff that Eagle Scouts teaches you. And yeah, he might not have been a social butterfly, but they at least teach you skills. And to reverse course on that in such a hard way is so creepy to me. And it makes me just, it it happens on the left, it happens on the right. It's so weird how quickly somebody can get destabilized in their beliefs. You know what? That's got a lot to do with sometimes 
women. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he was just intoxicated. You got chicks over there. <laughs> yep. We're going to have to see what Arnois looked like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you want to go down, speaking of women and at the root of this, there's a lot of dudes being lonely. It's the incel movement. Right. And if you want to get grossed out, uh, go look online at some of the messages dudes are sending women on apps. It's like, bro, what? <laughs> yeah it's it starts with i think you're so beautiful you want to send a pic and it's like well the pics are on the profile and then just response is you bitch it's like what that's how men are interacting with women these yeah. days no wonder they're so pissed off yeah seriously Dude, if you take a look at a woman's inbox on not even a dating app just any social media app <laughs> right it's it's insane it's it's embarrassing for the whole species, for the whole it gender. Is. Speaking of women and beautiful women, uh, I watched the Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix, or at least I watched some of it until I fell asleep. I suppose Beyonce and Taylor Swift are, are or were that famous, but I don't think the kids mm. understand how famous Pamela Anderson was, like at her height. She was yeah. absolutely it. She was the only, like all men, basically, we came to a consensus that she was the, the most beautiful woman in the world. There, there would be no arguments yep. for about a three, four Definitely. year period there. Yep. <laughs> no, not Chris. He wasn't on board. We had a 98% consensus on Pamela Anderson. <laughs> There's one in every crowd. <laughs> yes. Uh, I and now to she's just kind of like doing the mom thing. She's actually really cool. Uh, yeah. From the podcast that I listened. So and the thing I found interesting was she basically said, my boobs had a great career and I was along for the ride. I never felt like I was a sex symbol. I felt like I was just a pair of boobs. And I totally understand why she would think that. Uh, having uh, snuck down to the uh, to the basement to watch Baywatch when I was nine years old. I get it. Nice. I get it. They were on display. I have to say, we have in in my parents' old hunting cabin shack, we have a poster. It's a Labatt's poster, <laughs> and she's on it, and it was pre-boobs, and she was totally cute as a button. Like yeah. she she's Canadian. She yeah, is that was Canadian. her first gig, I think, was yep. the, being the Labatt yep. Blue Girl there. Yep. Yeah. Well, I so think they said, we still have it hanging out. Back she was at a. She was at a baseball game and got some guy's attention. Shocker. And yep. he said, hey, why don't you just, hey, why don't you pose for me? And then I think Baywatch slash Playboy and all them came after that. And of course, uh, Tool Time. Barb Tool Time Girl. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, I think they called her down on the field to do a drawing or something. And then Hef was on the phone like real quick. <laughs> and yeah, she just she seemed just like a in a non predatory kind of way, just like a she, really like, had encouraging yeah. kind of. Sure, she came yeah, off as a, a very creep. just kind Canadian lady. <laughs> like, good for you, Pamela. I hope you're uh, hope you're doing well up there in your Newfoundland looking area or whatever. This is a little less positive. Vermont Middle School brawl. Well, brawl. Well, congratulations. You did it. The middle school kids at Alberg Community Education Center in Vermont won't have any spectators at their basketball games for the rest of the year because last week a guy got killed in a brawl at center court. So good what? job, guys. Way to go. Yeah. According oh to God. a police release, detectives learned the victim, Garo, I don't know his first name, participated in the fight, left the school after the game, 
He was driving home and then he stopped and called first responders who found him in his car dead. He must have had a head injury or oh an internal bleeding of some kind. Old guy, six, 64, I think. This is a little kid's game. We got hoops stuck to the walls with two <laughs> by fours. The fucking mascot is is taped to the painted bricks. It's made out of construction paper. Like, Aww. this is not a place where you fight to the death. There are children right there. Sixth graders. Ugh. I mean, at least the guy didn't die in front of him. But what are we doing at these yeah. youth games? That's sad. I don't know how you fix it. Without having I, some ridiculous communist level rules where like no cheering or no screaming or something. I don't know how you get people to act right. Well, do you have to have uh, a cop at every game? Is that what it's going to come to? Like, and by the way, there aren't enough cops for that. Did we yeah. peak in being civilized? Like it almost feels like we're reverting back to how we acted in the Oregon trail days where it's just all horrible words and treating people like shit and putting no value on life or neighbor. Right. Like desperation. uh, Yeah. This just seems like shit that would have happened 50 years before we got civilized enough to have sporting events. Like, Oh, we can't do that yet. But now it's like, Holy shit. We got these state of the art facilities and people can't stop punching each other. Then we had one uh, where a guy brought a gun, a 34 year old man from Boston was arrested for allegedly pulling out a gun during his son's basketball game. (laughs) Huh? From Boston. (laughs) Yep. Here's the thing. It's crazy about what's crazy about this is it's not like online where you're kind of anonymous. Everybody's watching you. You've got family members there. How is this happening? It's your kid's school. You have to (laughs) see these people at drop off and pick up. Yeah. You're going to have to have parent-teacher conferences. Do you want it to be in the back of their mind? Oh, here's the guy who pulled out a, you know, 45 at a basketball game. According to TMZ Sports, the Middlesex District Attorney's Office said the man got into an altercation with the father of a player from the other team and then, uh, you know, pulled out a gun. Police were called to the location for a disturbance and report of a man with a firearm video circulated social media showing parents and kids running away in a horrifying scene. Way too many such viral videos. Uh, Guy took off, but the cops got a description and they caught up with him. They found the gun in a diaper bag. So this guy's a fucking class act guy. Jose Mao, a real piece of shit, was charged with six counts, including possession of a firearm, assault with a dangerous weapon, and being the dumbest motherfucker for a hundred mile radius. He was arraigned in order to stay in jail until he posts a thousand dollar bail, which I'm sure he did. This is just the latest incident in AAU. Early in April, multiple youth basketball players allegedly assaulted a referee immediately after a game in Lithonia, Georgia, leading to a police investigation. AAU, that's high level. Like, that's a travel team. Like, everybody here cares Mm -hmm. about basketball. We all want to do well, play professionally, etc. Nasty. So where is it all coming from? Maybe... The fucking the Shannon Sharp situations, or there was another one in the T Wolves game too. So, yeah, maybe it's just uh, erosion of the family unit. We don't talk to our neighbors. We don't respect each other online. I don't know. Pandemic. They're chalking it up to the pandemic and lockdowns, which just feels like a catch-all for shit that yeah. needs a, something to be blamed on. I mean, if you're doing that, you're walking in there metaphorically with the gun loaded. I mean, you're looking for a fight. That's the thing. It's really, 
you don't just, I don't know many people that escalate that quickly on a non-call or whatever it was happening in the game. Yeah. People are, people are walking around with a lot more issues than you think. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just UFC fighters. Like you never know who, who you pick a fight with might be a UFC trained type fighter, but it's also now it's just everybody's Michael Douglas from falling down. Everybody right. encounter outside is like, yeah, you that's how I walk around a lot of the time. Like I am super cautious because I don't know who's going to snap for real. Like on the road, driving, especially. Oh yeah, yeah. as a woman, especially like I'm on high alert all the time. It sucks. Really? Yeah, not great. All right, last basketball thing: the New York Nets head coach should be fucking fired. They have had this kid, Cam Thomas, on the bench. For two years. He's a first round pick. He's not some diamond in the rough. I say that because it took two years and a trade for him to finally start a game. And when he did, he scored 44 points. Could be a fluke. Nobody knows the kid. Okay. Next game, 47 points. Now people are comparing him to LeBron because he's the second youngest player to ever score 40 in back-to-back games. Next night, his points total is at 22.5 or 24.5, and I'm thinking this kid can't possibly do it again, so I didn't bet it. He had 24 in the first half. He finished the game with 43. What's crazy is he had like 31 or 32 with a little over a minute left, so I don't even know what he did to get over 40. (laughs) Some kind of like multiple three-point shots. Reggie Miller, pop a three, steal the inbounds, run to the three-point line, (laughs) pop it again. Yep. So, yeah, if you've been The Nets organization is a freaking dumpster fire, as we all learned. I mean, they just got rid of their two best players, which they mortgaged their future to get. I don't know. it's It's a dumpster fire. How could you have watched this kid in practice for two seasons and you never said to yourself, wow, I need to find a way to get this kid in the lineup. He's hitting everything in practice. If he's scoring 47, then he's had some days in practice where he just does not miss. You're like, well, shit, man. But I bet they all shoot that way with no pressure. Like you watch them in a shoot around and they just hit everything. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's rigged. Could be. (laughs) If anything's rigged, the NBA is. I don't buy this NFL scripted shit, but no, that was a good could be rigged. I've been seeing a lot of that. I think it's dumb. I know it's for laughs, but yeah, the NFL, the 22 people to, to get to fall in line, whether through uh, explicit coercion or just doing the right things to make it happen is not realistic. I'm sorry. You can throw in a, a penalty here and there, but I don't know. You're not moving the needle that much with football basketball. It's proven. You can't. Yep. Um, what do I got? I got a couple more things. Oh, here's a fun fact. Um, in modern ballparks with modern rules, Babe Ruth should have registered 104 home runs in 1921. <laughs> I have not uh, gone and measured the ballparks yet. Yeah, I'll say uh, my favorite argument. <laughs> he only he only faced white pitchers. That so let's a, be honest. That is a let's great be point. Honest. Any record before you guys named Sudsy are on the mound on a back to back pitching 13 <laughs> innings. No, he's only named Sudsy because every team already has a whitey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's on some weird drug that's going to get replaced by meth in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's drinking Barbasol. Yeah, they call him Zinger. See, I have one of these and I can go 18 innings. Gosh, some of those old box scores are 
bonkers. <laughs> it's like no wonder these guys did so well in the World Wars. I'll be honest. I mean, they're like 130 pitches, no hitter, 12 innings. Then he went out, drank a gallon of whatever. Right. Then he went and did it again the next day. Yep. Like they just today's game is brought to you by Heisenberg's. <laughs> That's right. Angela, do we have any hockey talk? Um, not on the agenda. I mean, no. Bo Horvat was traded um, from the Islanders to the Canucks, or from the Canucks to the Islanders. And uh, we're past oh the All Star break. It's going to start to count now. Did so. you guys see the footage of Ovi and his little guy? Oh, All Star game. It was so cute. Seriously, yep. like it was just adorable. Since we're talking about all these horrific things, um, <laughs> SBY sees something really adorable and great. Go check that out. It's it's really cute. Yeah, the kid's like three. Yeah, skating around. Skates better than I do. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> take him to the ice like a duck to water. Yes, frozen water. <laughs> we got a travel update. Um, this kid definitely didn't intend to become part of a travel segment on an American sports podcast, but hey, small world. A Bangladesh Ian boy was playing hide and seek with his friends one day a couple weeks ago, and he absolutely dominated this round. I mean, it wasn't even close because in Malaysia, this kid was found locked inside a shipping container that arrived from Chittagong, Bangladesh. When they opened the crate, their first thought was human trafficking, but then they saw one <laughs> famished, probably confused Bangladeshi kid. He fucking climbed in a Came shipping Jumped container. out there like a spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> he climbed in a shipping container when he was playing hide and seek with his friends, and then, I don't know, hit his head, passed out, got tired, couldn't climb out, whatever. The empty container was loaded onto a ship, which is a 20,000... 21,000 DWT container ship, container ship, dry weight. I bet that's dry weight. That's my guess. Anyways, it departed Bangladesh on January 12th, traveled 1,600 nautical miles to Malaysia, and then arrived in Malaysia on the 15th, sat there on the dock for two more days before they finally got him out. (laughs) My favorite stories are the little kid stuck somewhere because he was playing a game and next thing you know he's in he's in Malaysia. What the hell? It's like a movie. It's like yeah, a I know. Disney I know. movie. Yeah. When I was in grade school, we read a book about these kids who ran away from home and lived in the museum and they would just hide all day and then wander the museum at night like they own the place. I'm like, I need to do that. How do I run away to the museum, pack up a little bindle? Never did it. <laughs> I used to threaten yeah. to run away a lot when I wasn't getting enough attention. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here, guys. You fucking think I won't? I know how to catch a fish. Okay, right. I'll be fine. That's right. I'll be friends with nature. And they called my bluff every time. Yeah, that's what they do, parents. It's the experience card that they have. Um, All I have left is, what do we have, 51 minutes? Perfect. Um, Injury report. This is something most people don't talk about with the health. Chris bought the microphones. We can talk about whatever we want. I've heard it's popular practice to schedule a vasectomy the week of the NCAA tournament. And when I looked into it, as it turns out, I heard correctly. Um, (laughs) I found an article that said in the last several years, urologists across the country have reported increases of as much as 50% in the numbers of vasectomies scheduled in the days leading to the NCAA tournament. With a little bit of clever scheduling, it appears men have found a loophole that turns one of life's 
more unpleasant procedures into a four-day vasectomy vacation that coincides <laughs> perfectly with March Madness. I have heard from other guys I know who've had it done that you're not down for more than like a day now. You could probably stretch it to two. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Can we chill? If you still do it on a Friday, it's a three-day weekend. That's true. Gosh, yeah. that's, you know what, Angela? A woman would say that. You know, you know, you do it Monday afternoon. You do it Monday afternoon. You got to take the whole day to get ready. And then you're good through Thursday. None of, yep. none of this logic stuff. Pop into work on Friday for a quick, you know, eight hours. And then you're done for the weekend. That's you're right. good. So I just thought of something funny. Plot twist is like the doctor performing these wants to stick it to his fellow man and he gets his done that weekend and can't help others. <laughs> Oops, sorry. One step ahead of you, bud. Nice try. <laughs> Have you heard about this Rashada kid who signed the NIL contract with Florida? But then then, uh, then back down because the money wasn't there. Yeah, they didn't make the first payment. No so way. So then he bailed and went to another <laughs> school. Um, nice. They they released the uh, some of the details of the NIL deal after uh, after he signed it. It called for a five hundred thousand dollar upfront payment. After that, his payments would increase from uh, two hundred and fifty thousand a month as a freshman to two ninety one a month as a senior to three seventy five a month as a junior. Rounded out with 195 monthly payments as a senior, so long as he fulfilled the following obligations. And wow, this is fucking nothing that he had to do for this money. He had to live in Gainesville, Florida, at least one branded Twitter post and one branded Instagram post. How often do you think? A week? Per day. Month. What? Up to eight fan engagement events per year. These could include in-person appearances, social media engagements, video conferences, or interviews. So eight video conferences and a meet and greet is all you have to do. None and none would last longer than two hours. Imagine how insufferable this kid is going to be when he's a professional, if he's already Mm -hmm. (laughs) getting all the, um, and then autograph up to 15 pieces of merchandise per year. One, one a month. We'll be good. Who keeps track of that crap? Now you've only the lawyers. Signed, you've signed lawyers. fourteen, so yeah. You, you know, I really want to start tracking these guys because I bet there's going to be an inverse relationship between how well they were treated in an NIL deal and how successful they are as pros. It's just too. It's going to ruin these people. It's too yeah. much too soon. And are they not selling? their name and image and likeness. Like if they want to do something with their own name, they'll have to buy it back from these collectives. Won't they? That's a good point. I don't know. Holy yeah. crap. Ugh, that's that's kind of gross. They own your name. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. Is this one of those seems too good to be true? Probably seems like something deals. Disney would do. Oh, we, we own that, that is, that's a Nickelodeon deal. If, <laughs> if ever I heard one. Yeah. Sorry. You know the guy ran Nickelodeon obsessed with feet. Yeah. Was no you, don't want, you don't want to know. Oh, that that's a, stuff. that's a deep rabbit hole. No, I, do want to know. I didn't know he, that. And then He's once you have, creepy. and then watching like Nickel, like, um, I Carly and shit like that with my daughter, 
with the information in my mind now. Wow. He did have those kids walking around in weird stuff all the time. What a photo shoots. It's just peak (laughs) perversion to be back to these, uh, NILs. So they promised the kid money and then they don't pay him. What happened there? Where was there never money? Holy crap. Like they called his bluff. Well, you know all that money for all that cocaine that they found off the coast of Florida that never made it to shore that was $314 million. (laughs) Might be a connection. (laughs) Uh Yeah, I mean, we don't know where these slush funds are coming from, these collectives. Yeah, wasn't that like the Gator Collective or something? Yeah. Gator Collective. Getting business done. I have an Ed Reed thing, but that one's kind of a bummer. We'll save that for next one and sandwich it in between some funny shit. That's how we do things here. And then we got uh best college wide receiver groups of the last 10 years. I want to, I want to compile a, a rankings, like a top five, like the, that Clemson team that had Julio was good. Alabama's had a couple good teams. USC had some decent teams. I think there's well, some good arguments. To be made. Out wide receivers, man. That's a good uh that's a good topic. We'll put we'll put that in the text thread for coach too. So you got that to look forward to. Um other than that, I just say thank you to the people and get us the hell out of here. So thank you everyone for listening. The downloads, the reviews, they do mean a lot. We appreciate every single one. Head over to PatriotSportsNow.com for all the latest goings on. Follow us at Patriots Pod on the Twitter, Patriot Sports everywhere else. You type that in the search bar and you will find us pay. Nope, not Patriot. Fantasy Sports Corp. Is that how they find it on on the YouTube, Chris? Yep, Yep. at Fantasy Fantasy Sports Sports Corporation. Corporation. Fantasy Sports Corporation. We'll be there 8 a.m. Me and Eric and a bunch of our buddies will kick it off. Then uh, we got a full three-hour lineup for you guys. Angela is right after us, so we're at 925 Central. Angela is right after us, I believe, on the show. That's right. It's just going to be. Boom, 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 boom. One thing after we, another. We have uh, Mikey. Out. A lot of moving parts. Heck yeah, there is a lot of moving parts. It's, it's a production. <laughs> this is going to be a show. Uh, there's some behind-the-scenes guys that are taking care of the directing. Uh, we have Mikey Betts on. He's out of Louisiana. He's phenomenal. He you, he podcasts a lot with TSS. He is their betting guy. He's going to come on with us and hang out. We also have Ariel from TikTok. We can we'll put her stuff in the description of this podcast. You can go follow her. She had a over thirty two percent ROI on her football season. That's a return on investment. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We also may be having uh, Draft Barbie from tr- Twitter on. She does a. Uh, ton of golf and um tennis betting and then all the NBA, mlb tennis NFL. Betting. but huh? yeah yeah, yeah. But she finds somebody who knows tennis she so i know she a guy plays named tennis. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah check her out at, at draft barbie on twitter she uh will probably be on too i like that i'm gonna find her there's opportunities to be at it these books don't put sharp numbers out on tennis sometimes you can find it 2 a.m get a nice tennis price that's it you just uh, type those words we told you in the search bar and you'll find us and then go to PatriotSportsNow.com. We'll see you Sunday morning. Till next time, be good to each other. Chris, kick the outro music. Ooh. 
You've been listening to Patriot Sports Radio. If you're sick of all the national talking heads and biases of mainstream sports media, like we are, this show is for you. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. For more content and merch, hit up www.patriotsportsnow.com. Find us on Twitter at Patriots Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Patriots Sports Now, and on Getter, Rumble, and YouTube at Patriots Sports. Take care, and we'll see you next time.